0: All right, let's, let's turn to the Word of God now. Uh, we're continuing our series on James. Let's turn to the book of James. We'll be reading from uh, verses 16 uh, through 27 in chapter 1. James one sixteen to 27. Uh, beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, this is God's holy... Um, infallible and abiding word. Uh, Give your full attention to it. Uh, Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Know this, my beloved brothers, Uh, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he looks like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts he will be blessed in his doing if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart this person's religion is worthless religion that is pure and undefiled before god the father is this to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world grass withers Flowers fade, but the word of our God abides forever. Let's pray. Our Lord and our God, open our eyes to see wonderful things out of your law, and let the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our Lord, our rock, and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Uh, So let me just give you the big idea for the sermon up front, uh, since we have a lot ahead of us. Uh, Here's the big idea, and it's simply this, God's word is a good and perfect gift for those who not only hear hear it, but also do it. Uh, God's word is a good and perfect gift for those who not only hear it, but also do it. Uh, James is picking up where he left off in verses 13 to 15, uh, where there are people questioning the goodness of God. Uh, while in their midst of their trials, they tell themselves, I am being tempted by God. And so James warns them, do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Uh, don't think for one second that God is tempting you, that God is not good just because you're going through trials, because temptations are your own. They come from you. They don't come from God. Temptations are your evil desires baiting you into sin. Uh, Because God is in the business of giving good gifts, Uh, that's why James says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Uh, God is not out to get you. He actually wants to come down to you and hand deliver you his good gifts. He is a generous giver. We've already seen this in verse 5 of chapter 1. God gives generously without reproach. Uh, If you ask for wisdom without doubting, uh, you will receive it. But it's not just wisdom. God is the giver of all good things. He rains goodness down to us from heaven. He can be trusted. Uh, This is why James refers to him as the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Uh, Light here probably has to do with God's moral goodness, uh, which for James is fixed and stable as the celestial bodies in the sky. Uh, The the sun, moon, and stars. Uh, Think of Genesis one, right? Uh, After God permanently puts those great lights in the sky, what does he call them? Well, he calls them good. Uh, God is like that. He is persistently good. He doesn't change like shadows. Uh, John affirms this when he says, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Uh, God is light means he's committed to doing us good why because he is our father uh, jesus makes the same point while teaching his disciples uh, on the mount of blessings uh, what jesus tells his disciples there is quite remarkable really he says he says this in matthew 7 verse 7 and uh, through 11 uh, which one of you if his son asks him for bread will give him a stone or or if he asks for a fish will give him a serpent if you then who are evil know how to good how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him Uh, what's jesus's point his point is that we easily trust Our earthly fathers to give us good gifts. I mean, normally we do. Uh, Recently, my son just learned how to ask for things. Uh, He's been pointing his little finger uh, everywhere, uh, especially when he wants a snack or something. Uh, That's really cute. Uh, But he also whines and cries at the same time uh, while he's pointing, you know, he's crying. So I'm not sure if this is a good thing or a bad thing. Um, But listen, I'm not about to give my son a snake if he's asking for avocado toast. Uh, but you know how unreliable earthly fathers can be. Uh, can be. Uh, growing up, my own father wasn't there. And I've been learning my own failures as a father. Uh, yet we expect our earthly fathers to give us good things. How much more our heavenly father? Uh, God's commitment to give us good gifts never changes. Unlike earthly fathers, uh, we know he's good because uh, of his will, his own will, the father's own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. Uh, by his will, God has given us new birth, he has become our father. Uh, that's the kind of goodness that you just can't measure. Uh, he is willing to birth us by his word to make us members. Of his holy family. Uh, That's our father's pledge of unflinching goodness towards us. Uh, So God freely, by his own will, brings us to life. Uh, Children aren't born because they want to, they are born because of the will of their parents. Uh, Here's John early in his gospel. He says, We were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And it is by the word we are made alive. Uh, James calls it the word of truth, uh, which is reminiscent of Jesus' prayer in John 17, where Jesus says, your word is truth. Uh, It's that good word that produces life in us. God speaks us into spiritual life. Uh, Peter puts it this way. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. Now I want you to see the contrast that James is making here. Uh, Remember, he just pointed out that our evil desires are the reasons for our temptations. And when we give into them, we give birth to sin. Uh, When sin is fully grown, it brings forth death. But what's God's desire? Well, God's desire is good. His desire for us is that we become new creatures, that we be alive in him. And so James says that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Uh, First fruits are an appetizer of what's to come. They're a foretaste of the future goodness that God will unleash. Uh, So not only does God desire us For uh, desire for us to live, but he desires that we set the example of what life in him truly looks like. It's a fruitful kind of life. Um, Well, what does it look like concretely? Uh, James says, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Uh, In a community with different social statuses, Uh, the poor and the rich, people in between, Uh, it's easy to see why James is instructing them to be quick to hear and slow to speak. Uh, Why? Because these differences bring out divisions. Uh, It's hard to imagine uh, these people didn't have intense arguments all the time. Uh, So James goes back to the basics. Uh, Think about it. What James says really are things we learn early on as children. Be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Those are things we are constantly teaching our children. Uh, Children don't become mature apart from practicing these things. I'll put it this way. I'll put it this way. We are born by the word, but we need to grow up and learn to reflect the character of our father. Uh, We saw last week uh, what it means to truly hear. Uh, It's not letting the words go into one ear and out the other. It's letting the words penetrate our hearts that we might respond accordingly so that our speech might match what we have heard. Uh, Listening, after all, uh, goes together with speaking. Uh, They are married to each other in the Bible. You can't divorce them. And the truth is, it doesn't matter how long we've been following Jesus, we need to keep growing in our listening and in our speaking. Uh, Because if we don't, we will end up talking over each other. And you know what that results in? It will make us angry. Uh, Think about it uh, in this context, right? This is a real temptation among the poor in the believing community. It's a temptation to rise up. And commit physical violence against their oppressors, against the rich who have been abusing them. Uh, That's why James will later say that this kind of anger leads to quarrels and even murder. Uh, It's really an attempt then to take justice into our own hands. Uh, We encounter this in Moses before he was called by the Lord. Uh, Moses gets out of his palace and spends time with his people, and he feels their heavy burdens. Uh, Then he sees one of them being beaten by an an Egyptian. And out of his anger, he strikes, uh, he tries to take uh, exact justice um, for himself. Uh, We're told that Moses murders the Egyptian in cold blood. I mean, if you're telling your own story, Moses, you might not want to leave that in there. Uh, but Moses puts that in the story uh, why and so that we can learn that vengeance belongs to God alone uh, we don't get to rise up in violent anger against other people ever uh, don't get me wrong we can get angry at injustice we should because the Lord hates injustice but it's not our place to respond with vengeance. We have to wait for the Lord to make things right. Uh, James concludes then that this kind of anger does not produce the righteousness of God. Uh, or we could use the term justice, right? The, justiceness or the justice of God. Uh, anger doesn't conform us into the kind of justice that God wants. And so for James, this anger is a real threat to a community born of God. Uh, Because it goes against uh, the renewed values of God's children. Uh, God's children are patient listeners and gentle speakers. They don't respond in violent anger. Uh, James goes on to say, therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word. Uh, Those filthy and wicked things before our Father, take them off like dirty old clothes. Rather, receive Christ, welcome him as the implanted word that has given us new life. Well, how do we do that? Uh, We do it with meekness, because meekness is a posture of reception. Uh, It's really the opposite of anger, isn't it? We can't receive the good word of God if we aren't meek. Uh, So it's not a surprise that meekness is one of the fruit of the spirit. Uh, Think of Jesus' parable of the sower from Matthew 13. The seeds or the word needs to grow and produce, uh, but it needs good soil for that to happen. In James's term, it needs to be received with meekness. Meekness is that good soil in which the word grows. Uh, The word is planted in our hearts, but it needs nourishing and it needs tending so it can grow and bear fruit. Uh, Jesus says that any tree that doesn't bear good fruit is cut down. Uh, We need to remember that. Uh, We are born again that we might bear fruit. Um, and when it, But when it does, James says, uh, it is able to save your souls. Uh, notice uh, James doesn't say we save ourselves, we save our own souls. It is the implanted word that saves us. Uh, that's really important as James continues his letter. Uh, any saving activity is predicated on that word, that implanted word within us. And for James, saving our souls here is not just about going to heaven when you die, uh, because it's not a disembodied reality that we enter into. Uh, this salvation is about God's justice fully enveloping the whole world. Uh, that's the goal of the implanted word, that we might participate in this new life where All things wrong will be made right, where we experience a bodily restoration and renewal of the world. Uh, But James circles back. Uh, He wants us to see what it looks like to receive that implanted word. Uh, He starts off by saying, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. It's easy to see that James is highlighting action here uh, because doing what we hear from the word is wisdom in the Bible. Uh, James, after all, is immersed in the wisdom literature of scripture. Uh, Wisdom is when our hearing and our doing match. Uh, We could say uh, doing completes our hearing. And this might be surprising for some of us because we tend to pit James and Paul, but when, uh, but what James says is nearly identical to what Paul says in Romans two, for it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers of the law who will be justified. Uh, You see, you can't divorce the two. It's both and not either, or Uh, this is, Uh, reminiscent of Jesus' parable about building a house in Matthew 7. Uh, And I bet you know this one. Uh, Jesus says in Matthew 7, verse 24 uh, to 27, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house Both are concerned about wisdom and doing. Uh, For James, those who only hear the word and don't do it are what? Are deceiving themselves. They're being foolish, in other words. Uh, It's the same with the one who hears Jesus' words and doesn't do them. That person, Jesus says, is a foolish man because he built his house on sand. It cannot withstand the hard weathers of life. The trials of life knocks it down and it falls Uh, this person thinks because he's heard the word that he'll automatically be blessed by it that he doesn't have to go and do it Uh, do you know what jesus calls that person a hypocrite they hear one thing but they do another thing uh Actually, James uses his own parable here. Uh, He likens the person who only hears and doesn't do the word to someone who looks at themselves in a mirror. And then as soon as he looks away, he immediately forgets what he looks like. Uh, He has instant amnesia. Uh, Did you know that some people actually suffer from this? They can't recognize their uh, faces, even their own face they fail to recognize. Uh, I mean, that blows my mind. How do you forget what you look like? Uh, Anyway, back to James's parable. What does the person see in the mirror? He sees himself. He sees his own face, face. he sees what he really looks like. Uh, Literally, James says, this one is like a man who considers his face from his birth in a mirror. I think we have to go back to verse 18 to see what James is talking about. Uh, Remember, James just said that we have been born by the word of truth. So it is in that word, this person is able to see what he really looks like, Uh, but he quickly forgets his face as soon as he walks away, as if he wasn't born at all. His being made new has made no difference to who he is and how he lives. And so he fails to live according to what he saw in the mirror. Uh, But there's something in the way he looks in the mirror. There's something, there's a sense of incompetence in the way he is looking. He's not looking hard enough. He takes a glance only to forget. uh, You have to look really hard in a mirror in the ancient world. uh, Because they were really blurry. Uh, It was very dim. They're unlike Uh, the mirrors that we have nowadays, very clear. Uh, So that person had to really look um, in that mirror. Otherwise, he will not see clearly. Uh, But James goes on to describe the person with that kind of focus, uh, with a different kind of focus. He says of him, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Uh, beloved, if you're a child of God, if that implanted word is within you, you should be looking intently into the perfect law. Look into it until you're cross-eyed so that you don't forget. Uh, look so that you can be a doer, not simply a hearer. Uh, uh, let that soak into your bones and into your hearts uh, because James is telling us that following Jesus isn't just a matter of talk it's also a matter of walk uh, I like the way John puts it he says little children let us not love in, a, in word or talk but in deed and in truth this looking in order to do is really the meditation we find in Psalm 1 uh, you know, it's th- that happy man whose delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law. He meditates day and night. There it is. Uh, that's why he doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked or stands in the way of sinners or s- uh, sits in the seat of scoffers. Uh, those are all doing words. Why do we meditate on God's law? Uh, let me tell you, it's not so that we can feel good about ourselves. It's not for our. Self-validation, it's for our our transformation. It's so that we can be doers of his word. Uh, Notice, too, what James calls the law. He calls it the law of liberty. Uh, This is not new to James. Uh, Psalm 119, that super long psalm about the law says, And I shall walk in a wide place, or liberty, for I have sought your precepts. Uh, It's not new, but it's still surprising to hear because we don't think freedom when we hear the law. Uh, But for James, dare I say the scriptures, the law of God is not oppressive uh, because doing it actually results in blessings or happiness. Uh, James's key word is perseverance here. The The blessed person isn't the one who looks in the law, but then quickly gives up. Uh, No, the blessed person is the one who sees the law and practices it over and over and over again until it becomes his life. I mean, it doesn't mean he doesn't forget sometimes and fall down, but there's persistence, there's devotion, there's allegiance. Uh, I don't want to belabor the point here since James will talk more about it later. Uh, But for now, we need to know that doing the law is not the opposite of faith in Jesus Christ. James puts them together. Uh, Because do you know uh, what it's called when we do what God commands? It's called love. Uh, Jesus said in John 14, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Brothers, let that sink in. Let that sink in. If we love the Lord, we will strive with all that we have to keep his commandments. And so James goes on to identify uh, what true religion looks like, what true devotion looks like, and what it doesn't look like. Uh, He says that if you can't get a hold of your tongue, uh, you're fooling yourself uh, because your religious practices are for nothing. Uh, for James, someone who can't control their tongue their tongue is someone who is not a doer of the word, uh, because how can you truly be a doer of God's word if you think your own words are more important? It's our word over God's word. Uh, no wonder James will go on to talk about the tongue so much. Uh, how much pain have we experienced? from people who can't control their tongue? And how much pain have we afflicted on others because we can't control ours? Uh, Beloved, words are powerful. They can abuse in unimaginable ways, and they are contrary to the ways of God when we can't control our tongue. Uh, So that's false religion. Uh, True religion for James is marked by an embodied love for orphans and widows. Uh, why, why orphans and widows? Uh, well, according to the psalmist, God is father of the fatherless and protector of widows, Psalm 68, 5. Uh, you see, true religion conforms us to that God, the God who loves orphans and widows. True religion is when we love the afflicted among us, Uh, Because loving the afflicted, the vulnerable, uh, makes us quick to hear and slow to speak. It makes us slow to anger. Uh, It is in in that way we keep ourselves from the world's dirt, uh, unstained from its filth. Uh, Beloved, Jesus Christ is God's good word made flesh. Uh, He came bearing good gifts from heaven. He did so by being quick to hear his father's words and being slow to speak before his accusers. Uh, He did not exercise violent anger. Instead, he took upon himself the violence of men, our violence. Jesus, the gift of God, was unwrapped for us when his flesh was torn and when he wore a crown of thorns. He became for us the good and perfect gift from the Father. He is that implanted word upon us. How should we not love him? How should we not be doers of his word and not hearers only? Uh, Let me close with this reflection. Do we feel safe because we go to church on Sundays or for now on Zoom? Do we feel safe because we do religious things? Uh, James warns us three times in this passage about self-deception because deceiving ourselves is a very real thing. But how can we prevent it? Well, James is clear. If we are only hearers and not also doers of the word, we are deceiving ourselves. Uh, We must be doers. Uh, Because the the doers of the word are those who truly love Christ, who truly love the implanted word within us. We do not, in the final analysis, want to hear from Jesus our Lord in the end. I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Uh, Beloved, if you want to be doers of the word, then let us go to God's word and look closely into it uh, that we might see the beautiful and perfect image of the Lord Jesus Christ and not forget when we walk away. Uh, When we are together again, uh, God gives us a table of remembrance in the Lord's table. We see as in a mirror, the good word made flesh. It is in that word that we taste and see that the Lord is good, that he never changes. He is forever faithful and good to his children. And so the bread and the wine brings us to the reality that the good word is with us, that Jesus Christ, our Lord will never leave us in this world as widows and orphans. Amen. Let us pray. Our Lord and our God, Uh, We praise you for drawing near to us in your word. Uh, We pray that you would use it to continue to shape us into the image of your son, our Lord Jesus Christ. O Lord, our God, uh, bless us and keep us. O Lord, make your face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. O Lord, lift up your countenance upon us and give us peace. Uh, We pray in the name of the Father and of the Son,